This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to Horsepower Happenings, the first Horsepower Happenings of May. Happy May Day if you celebrated that on Saturday. Um, Happy Cinco de Mayo uh, if you're going to celebrate that in a couple of days. Get the margaritas out and enjoy Horsepower Happenings. we got a full show, great interviews lined up, but first let's take a look at what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Bobby Pierce, the smooth operator, led the final 70 laps of the Hawkeye 100 at Boone Speedway, cashing in on a $30,000 payday. It's his second win of the season and second World of Outlaws Morton Buildings late model series win of his career. It wasn't rain, but Mother Nature still played a part in reorganizing the schedule for dirt late model racers and fans. Due to high winds and cold temperatures, officials with Tri-City and Merritt Speedways elected to postpone the late model challenge series races two weeks. So Friday and Saturday, May 14th and 15th, will be the opener for the All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series. Steve Irwin has now gone back-to-back in I-96 Speedway's non-wing 410 Sprint Car Series. This week, Irwin held off Brian Roman and Lee Underwood for the win. Rich Bickle Jr. held off a late charge from Luke Fenhaus to score the win in Sunday's Joe Shear Classic 200 at Madison International Speedway. It also served as the season opener for the ARCA Midwest Tour. And finally, an impressive performance over the weekend. Ty Gibbs defined domination during Saturday's Dutch Boy 150 at Kansas Speedway. Gibbs led every single lap from the pole en route to the win. Those things and much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me. Good evening, sir. How are you feeling after an opening night at Flat Rock? I feel a lot better, Zach. It's like everything's right in the world. You know what I mean? Yep. The, the stars are all aligning. It was just nice to get back. Um, we had some great fans show up for the first time in 19 months. Um, they followed all the rules that we had to work under. And we had a great night on the racetrack, great night of racing. So I, I really had a good time. And I can't wait till this Saturday. Yeah, don't forget that 4 p.m. start time. We'll talk more about it coming up later on in the show. Uh, but, Rich, you know, we don't like to do this. Sometimes we have to, though. Uh, the motorsports world all morning today. Uh, some tragic news that we all got this morning. Yeah, Zach, uh, sad news to report in the motorsports world. Three-time Indianapolis 500 champion Bobby Unser, one of the most colorful and outspoken drivers in the history of the Indy 500, passed away yesterday at his home in New Mexico. Uh, Unser won the 500 in 1968, 1975, 
and in 1981, uh, 1981 in one of the most controversial finishes ever. Uh, he was one of six Unser family members to compete in the Indy 500. Bobby and his brother Al, a four-time winner, are the only brothers to win at Indy. And our thoughts and prayers go out to the Unser family. Bobby Unser was 87 years old, Zach. And, you know, you just hear that last name and you just go, wow, that's an iconic name. And then you look at the statistics, Rich. Just, uh, you know, a world-class race car driver. And I know a lot of people uh, appreciated his talents, and he for sure will be missed. And I grew up watching him, Zach, as a kid, you know, through high, junior high and high school. I, I That was my era uh, when he was racing. And uh, I, did, I was surprised. I didn't know he was 87 years old. Gosh. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Well, hey, while you were playing around at Flat Rock on Friday, there was some pretty good dirt late model racing that you missed. Well, yep, Zach, uh, we were out at, out, at, out at the Winston Speedway. They got some racing in on Friday. Bill Bray and Curtis Roberts led the 20-car field to green at the Winston Speedway Friday night with Roberts jumping out to the early and comfortable lead. Bray settled in for the second spot uh, while the battle was on for third. The Illini invader, Rich Bell, who making a rare trip back up to Michigan these days, went to work to try to hold down his third starting position while former track champion Rich Neeser tried to crack into the podium spot. Uh, a caution, the caution would fly near the halfway point, setting up a complete change in complexion for the entire race. On the restart, Bell lined up on the inside of Bray and cleared him for the second spot by the time they exited turn two. Then the hunt was on to chase down Roberts. By the next rotation, Bell had displaced Roberts, again using the middle of the racetrack to power by on the exit of turn two. Once Bell took the lead, he set sail and put it on cruise control and never looked back en route to his first win of the new season. Roberts would hold on for second, while Neeser would work by Bray for the third spot. Bray settled for fourth. Uh, Mike Vandermark got by Rusty Schlenk on the final lap to complete a top five finish. And that was just the start of a really good weekend of late model racing. Brandon Thurlby had an impressive weekend behind the wheel of his brand new Longhorn chassis. It all started Friday night at I-96 Speedway when Thurlby inherited the lead from Logan Nickerson, who pulled to the infield with a mechanical failure. Thurlby's only challengers were that of Ryan Vanderveen and the Ionia outlaw, Travis Stemmler. That all changed when Stemmler and Vanderveen made contact at the flag stand following a restart. The contact sent Stemmler spinning into the outside wall, ending his night not without controversy, by the way. Stemmler was not happy with the incident and even uh, pulled up alongside Vanderveen to show his displeasure under caution before exiting the racetrack. Uh, Vanderveen, however, was not able to mount a recharge on Thurlby the rest of the way, handing Thurlby his first win of the season. Then on Saturday, Thurlby backed up his performance by coming from the outside of row one to win at Merritt Speedway. He paced the way for the entire race, besting Eric Spangler, Curtis Roberts, and Stemmler at the checkered flag. Zach, a couple of pro late model season openers came down to the final laps this weekend, uh, and even the final corner. Uh, Matt Craig picked up the win in the Alan Turner season opener at Five Flag Speedway in Pensacola on Friday, taking the lead from Connor Okrezik on a lap 92 restart. And then on Saturday, Jake Garcia made a last corner pass in turn four after some contact with leader Christopher Tullis and a lap car to pick up the Show Me the Money series opener at Montgomery. And Zach, revisiting our conversation uh, from last week regarding car counts for pro late models, uh, 24 at Pensacola on Friday, 
26 at Montgomery on Saturday. I think you should probably be seeing quite a few of these drivers this weekend at your North-South Challenge at the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway. Yeah, you know, the updated entry list came in today. We're looking really good. And now, mind you, remember, Nashville, for their opening weekend, they had 31 pro late models on property for the just a regular season opener at Nashville. As of uh, Monday, as of today, 29 cars pre-entered for the JEGS portion of the, uh, the, the event. And the Super Series side doesn't look bad either. This is a, a tri-sanctioned event with a Southern Super Series, Cars Tour, and, of course, ARCA CRA. They have 23 Supers entered, so you're going to see a full field of cars at least. Hopefully a couple of more come in before Saturday, and um, we'll really get to see an awesome show down in Nashville. And like we talked about last week, I think when you get these events that are more centrally located uh, in the Midwest, you get the guys from the South coming up, the guys from North coming down, and then you don't have a problem with any small fields. Uh, you have all the cars you need. So you're looking forward to that, aren't you? I'm telling you what, it's going to be a great show. And, you know, all the cars we need, you you were, <laughs> you missed a dandy of a race on Friday. I don't know if you were following along on Race Monitor or not, but what a show Friday from Kalamazoo Speedway. Yeah, Zach, that's what I heard. Tyler Roark, who set fast time on the night with a 12.889 lap. When I saw that, I said, wow, it's a fast track. Started inside of row number seven with the 13 inversion uh, during the Intimidator 100 at Kalamazoo Speedway on Friday night. An impressive field of 24 Outlaw Super Late models rolled uh, to the Speedway. Adam Terry again seemed to be the driver to beat, jumping out to a comfortable lead through the first 40 laps. Terry never really faced a challenge at the front of the field until on lap 45 when the caution flew for the first time. 12-time champion Andy Bozell cut a right front tire uh, following contact on the racetrack. On the ensuing restart, uh, Terry elected to take the outside of the front row, putting drug Doug True on the inside. True uh, became just the second driver to lead the race, getting the best of Terry uh, to take over the top spot. True's reign at the front of the field was short-lived, though, when the caution flew again for a spinning Shauna Moore in turn four. And I tell you what, the race really picked up from here. Terry seemed to take notes on the previous restart, Rich. He still lined up to the outside of Doug True, but he dominated the racetrack to retake the lead with just over 50 laps to go. Cut forward with 25 to go. Terry's mirror, be well, they weren't running mirrors, but excuse the phrase, Terry's mirror becomes full of Rorig, who stayed patient as he and Terry worked through lap traffic in the closing laps of the race. Rorig, on several occasions, got a nose to the inside of Terry, but he wasn't able to capitalize on his positioning. That all changed when Terry caught lap traffic going into turn three, allowing Rorig to drive to the inside off turn four and complete the pass by the time they got to turn one. Rorig officially took the top spot with just 12 laps to go, and he never looked back on his way to the first race win of 2021 for his number 24 machine. Now, Terry, he would hold off a hard charge from Phil Bozell late in the race to finish second, while Bozell would wrap up in third. Now, I had a chance to catch up with Bozell following the race, and surprisingly, not that happy of a camera. Take me through your race. You know, it kind of seemed like you came on late, which is sort of what Tyler had to say as well. Yeah, we just had to sort our way through with that uh, new tire, not knowing we haven't raced with everybody here. And um, uh, me and the 24 car were really patient getting to the front. And some of those guys, they thought it was an enduro they were going to win on the first lap. And I, I don't understand that. But um, 
we bodied our time and got when I got clear to the middle there and those guys were way out there the car was really good I drove them down chased them down and then they got three four wide going for the lead with some lap cars and kind of backed off and was patient and single file picked a couple more off and our car was really good on long runs we made some more adjustments before the race so we're making some good adjustments this year before the races and uh, some of the cars just weren't given much give and take tonight and that's it's it's unfortunate they got to be like that this is the top class of racing and some of these guys should give some more room and uh, um, just wanted to finish in one piece we could have pushed the issue a little bit and if it was for 10 grand we probably would have pushed the issue a little bit wreckers or checkers I mean some of these guys got to pick a lane sooner or later and uh, we're, we're gonna have to deal with it one way or another and luckily we came out with third place got one little dent on the car and that proves that we had some patience going through there and uh, all in all, not a good, not, uh, not a bad night. I want to thank Tony LeClaire up in Canada there. Sucks he can't be here, but we're going to regroup. We're going to go to Galesburg tomorrow for the sportsman race, 5,000 win, and then we're going to go to Spartan next week and uh, have some more fun up there. Tell me about the race two second. You and Adam Terry ran side by side for what seemed like the final 10 laps, trying to get into that second spot. Do, like you said, do you think you could have got that spot if you really wanted it? Oh, if I wanted to push the issue, there was no doubt. Yeah. Um, 24 got by him, and then the four car seemed to pick up some speed and use some more racetrack. And, uh, I just wanted to finish third instead of second. I didn't want to tear myself up, and I think that's what it was going to come to. So uh, that's how it is, and we'll just leave it at that. Phil, uh, man, this is two weeks in a row we've got to talk to you with solid finishes. Obviously a win last week, third place here tonight. Your team is just rolling really well right now. Yeah, we're working hard. It's unfortunate Dad had some issues. Again, somebody changing lanes and not picking where they want to run and had a flat tire, broke sway bar, and ended his night on early. Obviously, he was good. He was second quick in practice, fastest in the first practice. Uh, we've just been working real hard, like I said last week at Spartan. Little bit, little bit, and uh, the 24 car was really good tonight, but I actually think we we're just as good as him as long runs. I mean, our, our car was really good on long runs, and uh, just going to keep working hard. That's what it's about. We have fun doing this. We're going to work hard, and uh, it's actually starting to show and it makes you feel good. Maybe if opportunity falls a little different, you see Phil Bozell up there battling for a win, instead settling for third here tonight at Kalamazoo. Adam Terry, also understandably disappointed with his uh, with his performance, and uh, but you know what, Terry's a great guy. He was still smiles through the whole thing. He explained how his race went. Adam, I know you gotta be probably a little disappointed. Runner up after dominating that race, so much of that race. Anything you, looking back on, could have done differently? Yeah, there's a couple things there early. Uh, it's tough, you know, we don't run radios. Tough here to get hand signals from guys. Uh, so early I didn't realize how big a lead I'd started to open up. So could have conserved a little more at that time. Uh, you know, probably moved my line a little bit just to be a little more easy on the tires. Uh, you know, good restarts, I thought. I gave one up there on a restart, got it back the next one. Um, you know, just, just it's Tyler, it's Phil Bozell, it's... You know, Steve Needles, it's, it's those guys we talked about earlier today, that that's who you got to watch out for. You know that's who's good. So. Is there any redemption knowing that, that those are the guys that you were racing with up front? Or, I Not mean, is really. it, no, it still Not stings. really, it still stings. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd say from where we practiced today, that felt good. Uh, we struggled a bit in practice. First session, we thought we were decent. Second session, we, we lost anything we thought we had. So, you know, to know we made some changes in the right direction, to make this thing race well and race real well for about 85 laps uh, out of the 100 is, is good. At the end there, she was a pretty big handful though. All right, well Adam, who do you have to thank for, I mean, second place, still respectable here with this field for sure. Well, uh, thank Gary Howe um, for putting on the race. Thank Kalamazoo Speedway for having us. Uh, Randy Ritchie, you know, everything he's done here has been awesome. Um, 
my sponsors, GT Products, uh, Ace Precision International, Duco Performance, uh, all my crew guys. So. All right. Well, that's Adam Terry. Adam Terry, second place here tonight. Thank you. Thank you. As for Tyler Roerig, well, uh, we'll get a chance to catch up with him in just a few minutes. So uh, we'll get a full interview with uh, Tyler coming up here. Um, what are we? I mean, just a few minutes. Stay tuned. We'll have that coming up. And, and Rich, also, before we uh, wrap up the Kalamazoo discussion, I want to thank Adam Terry and Duco Performance for their support of our coverage last weekend at Kalamazoo for the Intimidator 100. I got to tell you what, I had a chance to walk around the pits and look at some of those GT products designed airlift jacks, Rich. I'm going to have to get some for the old John Deere back at home because those things are pretty nifty. Aren't they pretty nice? I, I saw those, uh, I think the first time I saw those on an outlaw, oh, probably six, seven, eight years ago, something like that. Uh, but they but they are the cat's meow, aren't they? <laughs> I tell you what, man, those things are cool. And uh, I don't know, Adam, can we hook those up to my lawnmower and will they work? I, I got to do it. They make the deck cleaning a whole lot easier. And Zach, Phil Bozell's been a busy guy uh, these last few weeks. Uh, and he's proving he's here to win in 2021. Uh, going back to last Friday at Corrigan Oil Speedway in the Outlaw Super Late Model. Bozell is two for three on trips to victory lane in the past two weekends. Of course, you remember uh, Bozell picked up the win in the Big 8 Outlaw Late Model Challenge Series at Corrigan Oil Speedway. And then on Friday, he, he, as you just heard, he took third in the Intimidator 100. On Saturday, he traded in the Outlaw Badge for a template late model at Galesburg Speedway for the Todd, Todd Foot Memorial Victory 110. Uh, Bozell worked his way through the field in a caution-filled race. To pick up the win, uh, Phil found himself in second with just 15 laps to go and took the lead on one of the final restarts of the race, which was declared official after 96 laps due to time. Well, the sprints on dirt made their return to racing Saturday night from Butler Motor Speedway. After a few years in turmoil while changing hands several times, the organization has now found a home in the care of Michigan Motorsports Hall of Famer Denny Donaldson. Under Donaldson's direction, the tour hosted their first event of the season, drawing 19 winged 410 sprint cars to Quincy, Michigan. At the end of the main event, Elida Ohio's Mad Max Stambaugh found himself atop the pylon and in victory lane. The win marked Stambaugh's first with his new Nefco racing team. It's our pleasure now, Rich, to welcome in Max to talk about the race. Max Stambaugh, man, hey, welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Hey guys, how you doing? Man, doing really good and, and glad to have you here. And and I guess let's just dive right into first win with a new team. You get it done and uh, man, you get it done right here in, in my neck of the woods at Butler. First off, tell me how relieved you are now to have that win under your belt with that team. Yeah, that, that's a that's a big thing in racing, you know, getting into a new deal, new team. Uh, you know, new people and, and to be able to click off a win at the beginning of the year is, is uh, to, you know, get the rust off and uh, get one out of the way and hopefully we can click off some more. Now, Max, congratulations, my friend. Uh, but 11 top 10s to start 2021, eight top fives, now a win. Um, you had to know that that win was coming pretty soon. Yeah, you know, we, we've really been knocking on the door. I've been running my family car a little bit this year too so uh just really been building with what we're doing and putting the fun back into it is the big thing right now for me is i'm really enjoying it right now and and things are things are going good and and uh, i'm just hoping to keep uh, the speed up for this week you know we got uh the scs guys are coming in town this week and these guys do it for a living so 
uh, they're, uh, you gotta, you gotta be on your feet. Now I have to ask you because whenever Zach and I talk to anybody about Butler, first thing they want to know is about the racing surface. Uh, I guess for you, it was pretty racy on Saturday. Yeah. You know, uh, hats off to Butler. Um, I know a lot of times they don't get the best reputation on a racetrack, but, uh, it was real smooth this past weekend. Um, had grooves for a while. And, um, like I said, it was smooth, racy, uh, packed house. Um, you know, Denny Donaldson, the sod crew, you know, everybody did a good job. So, I'm really hoping that Butler can uh, maybe get back to how it was in the old days. Yeah, man. You, you know, we all obviously, uh, for those who don't know, I started my career there as uh, on the microphone, and, and that's been my home track for years. And I was excited to hear. I didn't get a chance to go and watch it, but I was excited to hear about multiple grooves of racing. Now, take me through your night, Max. Did this come easy for you? I noticed you weren't. Uh, you didn't do bad in qualifying, but you weren't up where I thought you would be. How did the race unfold for you? Uh, yeah, you know, we, we just, like I said, it's a new team. So we're working together. Uh, me, Sean Robinson, we, we talk on the phone, you know, every day and, and all we talk about is trying to get the car better. And, you know, we, we didn't time in very well, like you said, and, um, work together. Uh, Chad Blonde was there in the corner, you know, giving me some ideas and stuff. Uh, and then, you know, with Steve, the, you know, the other owner, we, we all just kind of put our heads down and, and uh, I like their style. They, uh, they like to work and get better and they want to try stuff. So we tried a couple things and, and then we really started clicking. Now, how did the race go for you? Uh, Cause that place can be tough. And this is going to sound like a, uh, I'm going to kind of conflict myself here because we said the track was racy, but typically Max, it's hard to pass at Butler. So how did that feature play out for you? Yeah, so in the dash, I got up to second. So I started on the outside front row, um, beat the full sitter into one, and just kind of, you know, got in clean air and uh, got into some lap traffic, which that was exciting and um, just just kind of <laughs> kept my nose clean and, and made my own pace. You know, nothing out of the ordinary. Um, just just kept my pace and uh, kept rolling. Well, uh, one more th- thing before I kick it back over to Rich. Uh, you mentioned having Chad Blonde in your corner um, not only just in sprint car racing in general, but for this specific event, man, I can't think of anybody better to have back in the pits helping you out. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, we, we spend some time talking to each other too, outside of just racing. And, um, I think there's a lot of, uh, similar stuff between me and him. You know, I think we, I would like to say we kind of drive the car somewhat similar and, and, uh, some of his, his ideas are, you know, right up my alley. So, Having him, you know, I, I don't know how many wins he's got at Butler, but I know it's a lot, and uh, he knows that place like the back of his hand. So having him there Saturday night was definitely a plus. You know, Max, i got to ask you this question because I honestly don't know the answer to it, so maybe you can help me. Um, this unseasonably cold weather we've been having the last couple of weeks, um, how does that affect your sprint cars on dirt? Because um, if you've looked at the forecast, you're probably going to need to bring your blanket this weekend as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, motor's the biggest uh, part of the race car, so, you know, motor heat, keeping the motor rich, you know, you don't want to lean it out, uh, you know, when it's cold like that, you got to keep motor heat in it, otherwise uh, it just ain't going to run right, so, especially with it being cold, I, I know you say that, and I looked at the forecast this weekend, it's going to be cold again, so. I'm about ready to pack my bag and head to Florida, but we'll, we'll wait a couple weeks. <laughs> now, yeah, now you brought it up earlier, big weekend coming up uh, at I-96 with the Sprint Wars. I'll be there on Friday night, so I'll, I'll catch up with you then. Uh, but you're going head-to-head with the Lucas Oil American Sprint Car Series. Um, grabbing a win before that, got to help with the confidence. 
Yeah, you know, I'm I'm excited to run with these guys. Uh, you know, they run night in, night out across the, you know, the whole U.S. So I, I've spent some time with some of these guys running with them back when I traveled a lot. So I'm ready to – I think uh, they're coming around our area. You know, there's a couple other guys with, with the GLSS that I think will have a really good showing and uh, show how tough this uh, 360 series is in the state of Michigan. Now, you, and, and you played right into what I was going to ask you about. You did tour for, uh, I think it was one full season with the All-Stars that you ran and, and got the Rookie of the Year honors. Man, tell me kind of what is different for you now being – I don't want to call you the local guy, but being in your shoes where you're looking at I-96 with so much experience – probably more so than these Lucas Oil guys that are coming in. Uh, I mean, does that help your uh, confidence even more, knowing that you have uh, a lot more laps there than those guys, or does that not matter with these professionals? Um, the, them, them guys, the good guys, are they're going to know what to do. It, you know, um, basically, it, uh, they're, they do it for a living. They do it every day. You know, they're, they're getting 60, 70 races a year worth to my 35 now. Back when I traveled and ran 50-some races, I was pretty – pretty uh, on top of it too but i i really think that uh friday night will be a good showing like i said with you know, i think chad's planning on coming again this weekend and and sean and steve you know steve puts it together sean does his deal chad does his deal i do mine and we even got another guy russ hanging out and and uh, he makes sure the beer's in the cooler <laughs> he's got the important job <laughs> I, I know where right, i'm going right. on friday night yeah rich is gonna be like hey is russ around <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah he'll be around you know he, he's a good dude um it, it's good to uh have some fun again a little bit i'm i'm really starting to enjoy myself because there for a while i was getting to the point where uh it was becoming too much for me and i'd rather play i racing so i'm back to having a little fun and we're excited now you mentioned earlier and this will kind of be the the wrap-up here that you're bouncing back and forth between you know your family stuff and and the nefco racing stuff uh, is that your plan for the rest of the season or is that just kind of to get us into the summer months and then as things really start to pick up, you'll kind of pick one or what are, what are you planning to do this year? Yeah, no, um, we're just, you know, right now we're sitting second and fast points and pretty good in GLSS and sod, but you know, they really haven't kicked off yet. Like you said. So, uh, that's, that's kind of our game plan. We got a lot of things in the works, uh, Friday night, you guys will see some cool stuff. Um, we're changing up some stuff and uh, got uh, a lot of cool things going to happen. So pretty excited for Friday to, uh, you know, bring bring a special deal back and um, get uh, get rolling here a little bit. And I'll be in the Nefco car, my car. And and uh, yeah, just uh, race, race as much as I can. All right. So as we ramp up here, so much racing. You brought up an excellent point. Three divisions, three series now that you're in contention for a championship I know it's May 3rd, everyone calm down, but still, you're going to have some choices to make, so where can people follow along with what you've got going on? Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm on Facebook, uh, Max Stanball, and uh, we got an Instagram page now, we're running, uh, it's SHSR Racing, um, they're, he's kind of new with it, checking it out a little bit, so Sean's boy's doing that, and uh, I got Twitter as well, so, you know, you guys can follow me on there, and usually I try to I don't like to overdo social media, but I like to let everybody know where I'm going and uh, all that good stuff. Well, Max, congratulations on a, on an opening night win for Saad and an opening night win for Butler. And we'll look forward to seeing you this weekend with the uh, GLSS. 
Yeah, right on. I'll, I'll uh, make sure Russ puts a couple cold ones down there for you. <laughs> Appreciate it. That's Max Stambaugh, and you can catch him this Friday and Saturday at I-96 Speedway. Well, man, we are having a really great show, some great conversations. Appreciate Max uh, joining us there. And if you are loving the racing and maybe you want to get away for a little bit, I've got your hookup. The Mars Racing Series is finally kicking off their 2021 campaign with the 10th annual Thaw Brawl. And I know what you're thinking. Wait a minute. Didn't we already talk about the Thaw Brawl? Yes, but Mother Nature. This Friday and Saturday, don't miss the Thaw Brawl at LaSalle Speedway in LaSalle, Illinois. The best drivers in the country will battle it out for the chance to become a Thaw Brawl champion. Twin late model features on Friday, paying $3,000 to win each, along with dirt car modifieds and street stocks. Then on Saturday, $12,000 is on the line with drivers like Chris Simpson, Bobby Pierce, Brian Shirley, and many more battling on the LaSalle clay. Now here's the deal. Grandstands open at 3 o'clock, racing at 7.15, and tickets are only available at the gate. So bring your friends and catch the Mars Racing Series season opener at the 2021 Thal Brawl at LaSalle Speedway, just off Interstate 39 on Highway 6. Rich, we've been to that event. It's a good one. It is, and it's it's really fun. It just it's just too bad that it got canceled back in March because uh, that was on our schedule, Zach, to head to head to LaSalle. Yeah, it was going to be a good event for sure. Well, Zach, and on the phone line uh, we have a gentleman. He is a five-time winner of the Summer Sizzler at New Paris, a two-time and defending champion of the Kalamazoo Clash. And this weekend, he picked up his third Intimidator 100 win at Kalamazoo. Makes his home in Plymouth, Indiana. Tyler Roark, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey guys, thanks for having me on tonight. Man, first of all, congratulations, but Tyler, I have to tell you, I'm announcing the Outlaw feature at Flat Rock on Saturday. I have my mic in one hand, race monitor in the other. It's about halfway through your event, and my thought is, what the heck is wrong with the 24 car? And boy, it didn't take long to realize that really not a darn thing. Uh, Was that your plan to kind of hang back the first half? Uh, no, not really. That's, uh, that was never really my plan, but it seems like that's how it always, uh, ends up. You know, I just, uh, you know, I just think a lot of it is, uh, just, you know, the setup on the car and, uh, you know, uh, it just seems like we don't, uh, we don't fall off quite as much sometimes, you know, and, uh, we're just always there at the end. You know, I, I got the word that the race was rather, I guess we could use the word aggressive. Did uh, you see that from your point of view? Um, I don't know if I would say aggressive. Um, I mean, it's, it was really slippery, you know, so you really had to, you know, you might have to slide around a little more than, than you're used to, I guess, or, uh, you know, just, uh, I mean, I had to work for it for sure. You know what I mean? It was hard to pass. Um, it seemed like even though I came from 13th, you know, once I got to the front, it was, it was pretty hard to pass, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I had to drive pretty hard, that's for sure. You know, there were a couple of moments there uh, when you were right behind or right in the middle of a cluster of cars. You talk about it being hard to pass. It seemed like I did see more side-by-side racing than I was used to at Kalamazoo. Um, I can recall, you know, seeing a cluster of like six to seven cars all right together going into three and into one and just how racy that field was, even though it was kind of hard to pass, as you described. Um, Did did you find it more challenging at all to get through the field than what you thought it would be, or or was it kind of on par with what you expected? Um, Well, you know, like the start of the race, we kind of started off slow. I'd say the first, you know, eight or ten laps or so. Um, And then, uh, you know, around 
I don't know, maybe like lap 20 or, or so we, uh, we got rolling pretty good on the outside. And then, if, uh, a few guys in front of me kind of tried the outside and they couldn't really, uh, do much. And it kind of, kind of slowed my momentum. So yeah, we had some pretty tight side by side racing there for a while. And, uh, you know, once, uh, once I kind of got up, you know, into the, I feel like I got into the, like the top three or four pretty quickly. And, uh, but then after that, you know, it, uh, it was a lot harder to, to pick guys off. You know what I mean? Me and, me and Steve needles, I think traded third place like twice. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, you know, just, uh, after that it was, it was, uh, it was hard to get past those next two. You know, one thing I, I think is unique and, and maybe the average fan doesn't realize this is with those outlaw cars, usually there's either mirrors or spotters or both. Um, the interesting thing about Kalamazoo is you didn't have spotters, and my understanding is you didn't have mirrors either on uh, on Friday night. How much harder does that make it for you in in the cockpit, or does it make it a little bit easier to know that once you get to somebody's inside, they should know you're there based on having that fender there? Well, you know, uh, in the outlaw cars, um, you know, when guys have spotters, uh, I don't really think they're um, – you know, they, um, are trained on how to actually race other guys with a spotter, you know, like, uh, you know, you go to run any super late model race where they have spotters. And if, if your nose is basically to like that guy's left or tire, you know, that's, that's your lane. And, uh, but in the outlaw cars, a lot of guys don't, don't do that even with spotters. So, and it's, and it's hard to differentiate to know who does and who doesn't, you know, um, I, I think spotters would be a good thing if, if everyone, um, you know, was, you know, race with spotters the way, you know, it's, it's meant to be done. So uh, but, did, uh, how do you think it affected Friday's race specifically not having them? Uh, you know, I don't think it affected it very much really. Um, I mean, like, it seems like the West side tracks, um, you know, more times than not, we race with no spotters or radios. So, um, you know, we do have race receivers in and, uh, the, uh, the race director was, uh, he used it quite a bit trying to get the lap cars out of the way, but I don't think everyone had the race receiver in. So that, that part didn't make it difficult, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of up in the air with spotters, you know, if they're used correctly, I'm all for it, but if they're not, then I'd rather not have them, you know? Um, so it's just, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Now I've, I've noticed out there, you know, for the big races, the clash and the intimidator, it, it just seems like, um, Gary likes the big inverts. So when, when you saw that 13, um, did you have to reassess, uh, before you got going? Uh, no, not really. You know, it, uh, basically all the tracks around here, it's, uh, it's pretty big inverts, you know, the clash is, the Sizzler is, um, you know, the South Bend races are, and I'm, I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? It, it makes it, makes it more fun it's a better show for the fans that's for sure you know but uh you know with that being said i think the invert has to be big enough so uh the cars on the front um you know if say if you only inverted like four that would be kind of boring or six you know what i mean like because all those guys are all pretty fast so you know if you get some slower cars up front um you know it kind of it kind of slows the pack down and that's what i think why you can see uh such good racing at kalamazoo a lot of a lot of times with side-by-side racing now, I guess kind of piggybacking off of that question, when you looked at the lineup, did it concern you at all to see where your invert put Adam Terry, uh, obviously? And I mentioned him specifically because defending race winner, because of COVID, defending track champion, obviously somebody who knows that racetrack pretty well and somebody that you probably as a competitor knew if you were going to win, you'd have to get around that four car. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's always pretty good at Kalamazoo, it seems like. So, uh, I kind of figured he, uh, you know, if I did make it to the front that he would be the one to pass. And, uh, you know, there at the start, I think he had a huge lead. You know, I think I was still on like maybe six or seventh and I couldn't even see him. So, um, yeah, I kind of, I kind of thought that that might happen, you know, um, but at one point, you know, Doug true got in the lead and then, uh, you know, I thought, you know, we had one restart. I thought, I thought Steve, uh, might get the lead and, uh, no, it was definitely pretty competitive there coming up through the pack. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely knew Adam was, uh, was probably going to be the guy, the, the guy that would uh, be in the lead. This is one of the things that I just applaud drivers like you on. And that is watching, you mentioned this at the beginning and we talked about it Friday night too, watching other cars fall off more than you and just keeping your composure there with 12 laps to go, watching Adam struggle to keep his car underneath of him in lap traffic. How do you keep your composure to know that you have a better car and just as, as laps are winding down, staying patient to get around him? Yeah. Um, I know it looks like I'm, you know, real patient, but my patience was getting thin there towards the end of the race. Um, <laughs> You know, I just, I don't know, just, it's just, uh, you know, you just got to be disciplined, you know, can't, can't put yourself in a bad position, which I did do one time. And luckily I didn't, <laughs> I got out of it. Okay. You know, with the last car, but, uh, yeah, I thought you were done that one time you got hung out to dry there uh, with what was it? Maybe 15 laps to go. I thought, well, there it is. Uh, Adam's got this thing in the bag. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, you know, you just can't give up. You know, I, I knew I was faster. It's just a matter of, you know, uh, waiting for him to, you know, to, to change, change a lane or something, or just, you know, leave, leave one spot open for me, one corner, you know, is kind of what I was waiting for. And, uh, he ended up, ended up doing that. And, uh, once we got around him, you know, my car was, my car was really good. So, uh, you know, just kind of had to just not make any mistakes going through traffic then. Tyler, we got to talk a little bit at Corrigan oil after that third place finish. Um, and we were talking about the weather, the cold nights, uh, a third place and a win and a win in the cold weather. Um, I'm kind of afraid how good you're going to be when it starts warming up. Yeah. I mean, you never know, you know, I, uh, I've been working really hard actually on my cold weather setup, I guess you could say, cause you know, every year it seems like I fight the same thing when it gets cool out. And, uh, you know, I just decided I wasn't going to let that happen this year. So I've been working hard on that. Um, hopefully we still have that same balance. So when, you know, the middle of the summer comes around and it's, you know, really hot out. Now we haven't really talked to you. Uh, and, and by the way, let's, let's put a cap on the Kalamazoo thing. Congratulations on that. Um, you know, these statistics that rich rattled off there, your third intimidator win, um, you know, congratulations on that accomplishment, man. But let's kind of broaden out a little bit. We haven't talked to you since the end of last year. I think it's been a while and man, you were yep. running, you were running the outlaw car, of course, template cars, late models uh you know sprint cars dirt modifieds man what is on your calendar what's on your radar this year are we going to see you back on the dirt back in the sprint cars what do you got going on uh well we will definitely be back in the sprint car um little 500 is going to be our first sprint car race that's uh that's always a big one actually uh work on that car tonight um that's a uh, that's one i got circled on my calendar every year now you know so uh definitely in for that uh i got uh outlaw car this coming saturday at new paris and then next saturday at anderson and then sunday at springport so pretty busy the next few weeks um 
far as the, uh, the dirt goes, I'm, I'm not real sure. You know, uh, I think me and Todd might do some more races just kind of, you know, depends how our, uh, how our schedules line up. What did you think of that? Uh, what of that dirt experience for you running that modified at Kokomo last year? Uh, it was fun. You know, I had a, we picked like probably the worst race for me to go to because there was like 60 cars there. So pretty much had no chance of making it. But, uh, you know, by the end of the night, I, uh, I got going pretty fast and, uh, I wish I could have like started the night, you know, uh, the way I ended it experience wise, but, uh, you know, it was fun. I had, a had Brian Tyler with me and, uh, he helped me a little bit, you know, he, he knows a thing or two about dirt racing. So he, uh, he kind of helped me out and it was a fun time. You know, last week we had, last week we had, uh, Cody Swanson on the program and we, you know, we kind of talked to him like we talked to you about the little 500 and, um, you know, he kind of agreed with you if maybe a little bit more that it's, it's more luck to try to win that race than it is talent because it's just so long. Um, you got to agree with that, right? Uh, I mean, to an extent, you know, you still got to be, you know, uh, you still have to have yourself in position to win the race. You know what I mean? And that comes from, you know, being fast. Right. So, you know, like last year I felt like we were in position and, uh, you know, just, uh, circumstances and, you know, maybe a few bad calls didn't really, uh, you know, kind of, kind of took us out of contention right at the end. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, the, the main thing is, you know, have your car to where it's, it's good enough to keep you, you know, in the top three or five or whatever. And just so you're in position at the end of the race. Cause at that point, you know, uh, all bets are off and I mean, you never know what can happen with pit stops and everything. So, you know, I mean, I think it's kind of, you know, even as far as on the, on the luck and, you know, having a good car and whatnot. Now, now today, um, you know, reveal the hammer announced they made some tire changes for their first couple of races down at Anderson. And I believe South Bend, right. Um, you're going to, you're going to head down there and, and try to hit those first two, uh, two races with the outlaw. Yeah. Yeah. The first one is, uh, is this weekend, you know, at new Paris. So, um, and then, and then again, Anderson next week. So yeah, we're going to try and hit both of those, um, kind of in sprint car mode this week so i don't know how much how much attention my my outlaw car is going to get but uh yeah we're uh, we're looking forward to both those uh, me and dad both are gonna are gonna hit 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 both those up I, I i'm sorry rich i'm gonna step on you here i just wanted to know man your thoughts about an outlaw car at anderson obviously you have the sprint car experience there and you know what speed is all about in the sprint car around anderson but what are you thinking about with this outlaw car around that place um you know i think it's uh I don't know. I don't think they'll be as fast as the sprint cars for sure. But, uh, you know, I think it'll be fun. Um, it'll just be tight racing. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, just, they'll have to be a little bit of give and take, I guess, if, uh, if guys don't want to wreck, but, uh, you know, they used to run them there, I think, you know, in the nineties or so, or early two thousands. So, um, it can be done. And I guess, uh, I guess probably an advantage to you is you, that, you know, they're going to put you on the F seventies, which you've already run at Corrigan oil this year. Yeah, yeah, we ran those at the at Corrigan and at Kalamazoo. So, uh, and we're running them at New Paris Saturday. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that uh, that'll be okay. You know, it seems to be what all the local tracks are running. So, I hope guys uh, hope guys support it. You know, uh, whether what tire they want to run, they just put all that stuff aside and just go and race. Do you have an opinion on the F seventy at all? I mean, it kind of sounds like you take it or leave it for you. Just let's get on a tire and race. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm kind of just, you know, whatever. Let's just let's just race. I don't, 
you know, I, I just want something I can race on, you know, that's something that I want, whatever tire provides the best racing and the most cars, you know? So, um, that's my thoughts on the tires. Now it, it turned out, you know, we, I, I think, uh, you know, we talked at the beginning, but it, it's turning out that you could have quite a schedule this summer, uh, in the outlaw. Are, are you going to try and run most of the races with the, with the big eight and the real, the ha- reveal the hammer? Or are you just going to have to pick and choose some of them? Uh, you know, I don't know about all the, all the big eight races. Um, we're not going to go this Friday, but, uh, I, I think they got like two other specials that are like 75 or hundred laps there at Spartan. So, uh, we'll, we'll try and hit both of those. Um, I'll just try and race as many of the, and as, as many of the hammer races as I can, you know, um, got some big sprint car races, you know, I can't miss those. Um, we'll just, we'll just see how it goes. You know, I just kind of pick and choose whatever looks like it's the most fun at that time, you know, is, is the race I'm going to go to. You know, we have a pretty uh, diverse listening audience, if you will. Uh, again, talking with Tyler Rorg off of his win at the Intimidator on Friday. Uh, Tyler, one thing I just kind of was thinking about here while we were interviewing you is that when we're talking about sprint car racing, I'm 98% sure that we're always talking about non-wing sprint car racing. You have any uh, any inclination to get behind one of those winged cars at any point? Oh yeah, I've uh, I've been doing a little bit of winged racing um, the last few years for Wayne Stickney, and uh, and before that, uh, really, I started out uh, in sprint cars uh, with a wing on. Actually, I drove a Tom Brewer '64 car, and we won a few races. Uh, ran real good with the wing on his car. Um, so yeah, I'm going to do some more this year uh, for Wayne Stickney in the '99. So. Looking forward to that. That's always fun to, you know, uh, just those things are really fast, so it's fun. And I guess as I ask that question, Tyler, I remembered our conversation about Africa and uh, the, the fun that you had down there with the wing car and Jason Blonde and, and those guys as well. So, yeah, obviously you do have some experience in it. Yep. Yep. It, uh, Jason's a guy, you know, he's uh, he's one of the guys to beat. seems like anytime you go to any of those wing races. So it's always fun, you know, racing with him and, and uh, you know, we can be friends. Uh, and then just have fun racing together. So now I got to ask you. You know, Zach went with the with the wing question. I got to ask you. You got any dirt in your future in twenty twenty one? In a winged sprint car, you mean? That would be neat, wouldn't any it? Any kind of dirt. <laughs> I, I was just no. It was kind of funny at Kokomo when I walked back there. I, you know, just like I, I when I when I back there and found him, I said, "You made a wrong turn, dude." <laughs> you know, and uh, I, I just thought it was cool. You got any plans to go to try out that again? Uh, I mean, maybe we might do some this year with Todd, you know, it just depends. Um, I, I would love to try a dirt sprint car, you know. Um, I mean, I'm 30 now, so time's ticking if I'm if I'm ever going to do that. But You uh, know, Jason Blonde uh, knows how to drive one of those, too. Yeah, he uh, he does. He's got his fair share of wins on dirt, too. So uh, definitely would probably lean on him for, for a little help if, uh, if I ever did go that direction. So Tyler Rorig for hire in a dirt sprint car. Um, man, we need to make this happen. We got connections with GLSS. We've got connections with Sod. Uh, Max Stambaugh is uh, on the program or was on the program earlier. Man, we need to get you hooked up with some people. I think that that would put some butts in the seats, Rich France. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think so too. <laughs> and, and who gets to have all the fun? He does, right? Exactly. Yeah. Man, yeah, Tyler, I'd be, uh, all the fans would be like, hey, watch this guy. You know what I mean? First time out there. <laughs> and I have no doubt. Uh, I'm just imagining this to be at a place like I-96. I have no doubt of Tyler's ability, and maybe, Tyler, you could uh, answer this, of your ability to just go out there and, and run it for all that she's worth uh, right out of the gate. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
I don't know, you know, with a sprint car modified, I kind of felt like that, you know, um, but that's a, that's a little bit different in speed from a sprint car. So, mm-hmm. well, Tyler, man, we, we'll we appreciate you uh, making some time to be with us tonight and uh, congratulations on that win. And, and I just, Rich and I think this is so important. Let us know who it is that, that makes it possible for you to get to victory lane like you did on Friday. Yeah, certainly. Uh, you know, on the outlaw car, Schneider auto sales, first choice auto body. Um, and, uh, and, you know, on both cars, really, uh, Evan Jackson racing engine, uh, Penske racing shocks, lane automotive, all-star performance, uh, real big supporters from all those guys. Uh, the sprint car, my primary sponsor is CB fabricating They're They're located right there in Anderson, uh, just down from the track. They're actually sponsoring the outlaw race there next weekend. So really thankful for everyone that, that, uh, helps our, helps out my program and, uh, you know, all my crew too. I couldn't do it without, I mean, there's no way I could do it on my own. So, uh, you know, thankful for uh, for the relationships I've made, you know, over the years. That's Tyler Rorig, winner of the Intimidator 100 on Friday at Kalamazoo Speedway with uh, big plans this weekend. You can catch him at New Paris and Anderson. Um, T- Tyler, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Hey, thanks, guys. Zach Racing is back in southeast Michigan, uh, Flat Rock Speedway. We had a great show this weekend, and we're going to go at it again this Saturday. The lineup, uh, again, features the ARCA, Moran Chevrolet, Outlaw Super Late Models, DTS Drivetrain Specialist Street Stocks, and the ARCA Figure 8s. Grandstands will open at 2 p.m. Racing will begin at 4. That's right, 4 p.m. It's an afternoon show, and it was great. We got out at 7 o'clock. You still had time to go to, like, the. you could go to the bar, you could go to the movies. You had time to do some stuff. I did one of the two. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so, yes, we got out of there. It was daylight. It was fantastic. Um so get back to the races, get back to Flat Rock Speedway this Saturday. To learn more, you can visit flatrockspeedway.com. Flat Rock Speedway is located, Zach, just off Telegraph Road in Flat Rock, Michigan. And I know you guys are really excited, too. Flat Rock is getting a lot of attention right now, but how about Toledo Speedway? Mark your calendars for their season opener on Sunday, May 16th. And this just announced it'll feature former NASCAR driver Ken Schrader in a school bus. Is there anything that man won't race? Uh, plus, don't miss the Hers Potato Chips 200 with the Arca Menard Series coming up on May 22nd. Okay, Rich, it is time to uh, get our final interview in for the night. My goodness, what a massive show we've had. And uh, we're, we're honored to, to wrap things up with another first-time guest this week. Yeah, Zach, uh, great to finally get him on the program. Uh, he drives a number 31 pavement modified on most nights at the Corgan Oil Speedway. Uh, he started out 2021 on fire with two wins in a row, uh, including race number one of the Modified Challenge Series on Friday night at Corrigan Oil. Makes his home in Eaton Rapids, Michigan. Jason Parrish, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Man, first of all, congratulations, Jason. Two in a row. It's got to feel like you can almost do whatever you want in that race car right now. (laughs) Well, uh, it does feel really good. I mean, we had a, you know, kind of a horrible season in 2020 so to start 2021 off um back in victory lane you know certainly feels good uh i wouldn't to say you can do anything you want to do i mean there there's a lot of competition um in the modified division so yeah any anytime anybody can get a, a victory i think is a huge accomplishment now you've been at this modified thing for quite a while now for anyone that hasn't been to corrigan oil or has been like under a rock for the last 10 or 15 years. Uh, kind of give everybody an idea of how you got started in racing. Um, well, I was born into racing. Uh, my dad actually started racing, I believe in 1964. 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I was, I grew up in a racetrack, you know, my whole life, it's definitely a family thing. Um, I started racing back in 1993, uh, back when I was mm, 19 years old, I think 18, 19 years old. Um, so yeah, it's just been a kind of a, you know, just a family thing. Uh, it's, it's what I do. It's what I, what I know, I guess. So. Now, what does your career look like as far as behind the wheel? Uh, you know, for me, uh, and again, everybody knows that I'm kind of young to the pavement thing and young to the sport in general. I know you as a modified driver, but what, what's your resume look like uh, with a brief overview? Well, I said I started racing, I guess, 1993 at, you know, Springport uh, in a Springport and Spartan in a, um, back then we were called Pro Stocks, I believe, you know, step up, you had. Detroit Iron, then Pro Stacks or Street Stacks, I guess what you could call them now. Mm-hmm. Um, moved to the limited late model slash super late model division um, in 96. Uh, super late model rookie of the year. Um, ran super late models at Owasso and Spartan. Uh, kind of did that for a little while. Joined the Modifieds in 2000. Um, dabbled a little bit and you raced a couple, you know, spread cars a couple times, spread pavement. Um, pretty much just, you know, just the modified, the, the modified series though, in 2000. So what was it about modifieds? That, I mean, now I'm going to probably break your heart. 21 years in the modified division. Um, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's a long time in one division, man. What, what was it that allowed you to find a home in that class? The, you know, when I first went to the modified division from, you know, basically coming from late models, limited, limited late models, late models. Um, they, they were more of like an, an economy back then. Uh, you know, we, we were used to run, uh, Michigan modified, um, uh, state series and it was kind of like an economy affordable class and you could run anywhere you wanted to go. You didn't have to do different rule packages. Um, they're just, a, you know, real well-built series, I think back then. I, you know, I when I when I first got in the modified, I thought I was gonna, you know, coming back. You know, I no big deal. I'm, you know, I've raced cars before, but you know, I I, I think the first time I ever raced the modified was at Spartan, and my first race, I thought, wow, do I have a lot to learn to race with these guys? <laughs> um, it's just a totally different aspect of racing. They're they're so they're, they're so much fun to drive. You're, you're always on the edge, um, and if you're not on the edge, you're you should not go in fast, I guess. So <laughs> you're not going fast enough, right, they're, man? They're 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 a light car. They're you know we're we're light. We're over horsepower probably. You know we we move around. You're, you're not just getting in a modified and turning the wheel. You actually have to get in there and and, and work the car. Um, it, and like I said, at a talent level in the modifieds is I, I think extraordinary in the Midwest. So, yeah, and and I th- um, and I think Jason, you know, uh, Zach and I have talked about this before. Uh, pound for pound, tire for tire, and horsepower for horsepower. Uh, that's one of the hardest cars to drive. It, it definitely is the hardest car to drive. You, you'll have you. I mean, you'll have super late model guys come. You know, come down to the modified, and and they'll realize, you know, quickly what what it takes to to, to wheel a modified around. Um, they're just, we're just, you know, we're just built different. Um, it's definitely the most challenging, I believe, in my mind, car to drive. I've drove quite a bit of different cars before, and I really think the modifieds are where it's at. You know, we're exciting, we're close, we're 
they run clean. Um, it's just a great series, I believe. And and now I I gotta I gotta bring it up. You know, in the last I guess twelve months, a lot of noise in our area about the modifieds, and and specifically, um, you know, Brian Nestor and Bud Gray picking up Midwest Modifieds Tour, which I think they're going to do a great job with. Um, any plans uh, plans of running with them on any of their races this year? I, I probably will hit a, a few shows. I don't I don't have like a set schedule like I used to anymore. Um, except I guess I'm kind of maybe for the the later stages of my career, I don't, you know, the travel, the traveling isn't really attracted to me anymore. Um, you know, for one, I, you know, I work third shift. Um, so kind of getting there is, it's kind of difficult or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'll probably, I, I plan on hitting a few shows. Um, I don't believe I'm going to make the Kalamazoo show, but I think, you know, we, we do have a, a, a show at a Corrigan oil and I, and I believe they're going to have a show at Auto City. I didn't really pay too much attention as to what my schedule is going to be look like. But I might just, I, I probably will just stick to, you know, the local this year again, you know, um, Corrigan Oil, Springport. I really like the fact that they're running every other week. Um, that takes, you know, a lot of pressure off. And then, and then probably just mostly a wasso. So probably those three tracks is what I'll concentrate on this year. Talking with uh, Jason Parrish and uh, the number 31 modified. Not talking with his modified, but we're talking to the guy that wheels it. And talk to me about the success that you have had at, you know, Spartan or Corrigan Oil specifically and, and Springport. What is it about uh, Corrigan Oil that you have been able to take take accustomed to so well and really put on really good shows there? I, I'm not real sure, I guess, except for basically racing there for 29 years. Um, <laughs> That'll do it, right? <laughs> well, you know, Spartan, it's a, it's a, I believe if you can, if you can get, learn to get around Spartan Speedway cleanly and fast, um, you can pretty much go anywhere. It's, it's kind of like a unique track. It's not like, I wouldn't say it's a real difficult track, but, you know, getting in, into the corner so you can come off the corner at a, you know, at a good pace is probably the key to Spartan. I'm tired of cork and oil. It's so difficult for us all. So yeah, it's uh, muscle. It's muscle memory for sure. <laughs> yeah, and, and so. you know, Zach, it was Zach. It was funny. I, uh, you know, I raced for Jason. I raced for 25 years at Flat Rock, and we we would come up there on on a, for slugfest from time to time. And the only mm-hmm. reason that I only came up there five or six times is I could never get my car to hand. I could have a perfect car at Flat Rock, and I come there and it's junk. Yeah. <laughs> So it's it's probably not a junk. It's just you, you gotta you gotta. There's a different line at Spartan, and uh, well, I mean it's really nice. I mean if you if your car is not handling there, you you actually can actually you know change your line, change your entry, or whatever to make it do. But you know that probably takes experience to do it. Um, I mean you know I I for sure don't think you know a first timer coming there with with a no handling car is going to be able to get around that track. But um, yeah, yeah, it's I- a, it's a it's it's just been it's just been there for you know ever I guess so yeah and I I traveled and went to a bunch of other tracks at the end of the season had some fun it just seemed to me Corrigan Oil is probably the tightest track and I'm talking it makes the race car tight that I've ever been to oh yeah yeah definitely and, and you know and you especially when you come you know you you have the nice wide sweeping turn up at two and it can be defeating because you come back off of turn four and and you better be prepared for it because that wall can come up pretty quick on you so. Well, I think um, it, yeah. I, 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 well, I've not, I never hit it, so I must have been doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I've been there a few times. I was just—I think that makes one out of the three of us that have never hit it. So, uh, well, there you go. Uh, yeah. and, and I think you hit the nail on the head too, Jason. Is just rolling that speedway, and what I mean rolling is rolling in and rolling out. Just keeping that momentum, not getting your car pinched off, is probably the key to getting around Corrigan Oil. And, and then, you know, different size tracks, but probably applies the same over to the Saturday night track at Springport. Same idea. you got to really be able to roll in and grab that momentum coming off the corner, and that, man, you found success there too. Yeah, I've had pretty good success at Springport and, and Owasso there, basically. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, they're just, I mean, it's a different driving style from Springport to, to Corrigan Oil for sure, but... Yeah, we have we have pretty good success at at Springport. I've I don't know. I think I a few years ago I tried to count how many victors I had at each track, and I think I was. I mean, I was pretty good at Springport back in the early 2000s when we were running Michigan modifieds, and I think I'm somewhere in the neighborhood of like 24, 25 uh, modified wins at Springport alone. So wow, yeah, I've had pretty good success over there. Um, we haven't we didn't haven't found any. In a few re- recent years, uh, but mostly been concentrating on Owasso, um, even though Springport's like seven miles from my house. But uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll, we'll get back. We'll we'll get back in the winter circle at Springport for sure. We had a pretty good running last last Saturday. Um, got home second. You know, you got it. These, these young kids out there now they're they're kind of tough to beat. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the the, the three tire Alex Donner, I have to get him. You know, kudos because. He drove an excellent race. I just, I without me moving him, he would have had to make a mistake, and he just never made a mistake. And I have to give him hats off. He drove a great race. Now let's talk more about Corgan Oil, um, because that is where you had your success early this year. Obviously, second place at Springport, great showing as you mentioned. But I want to get your opinion about um, you know Tom and Tracy and the Hernleys taking over the uh, the day to day operations of Corrigan Oil Speedway. Obviously, there's a relationship there. Uh, you know, you guys had your picture taken in Victory Lane together on Saturday night, and that looked like, uh, you know, a friendship that had been built there. Talk to me about your relationship with those guys. Well, you know, they, they I've, Tom and Tracy have both, I've pretty much grown up around both of them, you know, throughout my racing. Um, I actually, I, I believe that Tommy's, Tom Hernley's first race was actually my very first race at, at Springport back in like '93. So, oh wow, known him quite a while. Um, the the Heenies, you know, Tracy. I, I'm very good family friends with the Heenies. Um, knowing them my whole life, she's kind of they're kind of more like family, I guess, than friends. Um, you know, and what they're doing is a huge undertaking to what they're going to try to do with Corrigan Oil Speedway. They have you know, bringing racers into to own a racetrack and have the insight and the knowledge over the years of what it takes to you know to bring to bring cars back to the track. You know, you bring cars back, you'll bring the fans back, you'll make it back successful. And and I really think they have it. Um, they they really care about what we as drivers have to say. They take their input. They don't. But they're not just. I don't believe that they're just to make it as a, you know, as a business, they want to make it a success. And, and to do that, you you need racers and management to get along. So you, so you get the fans in the fans and that's what makes it, that's what makes the track. success. And I really believe they have it together. So. 
And Jason, um, you talk about you talk about making things successful. You got some names on the side of that car that help you successful. Uh, who, who are the people that help you out? Oh boy, I probably should have wrote those down. <laughs> now a lot of guys you know a lot of guys do these interviews from their shops so we usually feel okay asking that question because they just spin the <laughs> stool around and look at their race car <laughs> yeah um i have mid-michigan custom barns um spotless uh detailing and window tent um there's bailey's auto glass been with me for a very long time uh hotel tavern in springport just picked them up this year um they kept us coming on board um, Canfield Custom, I'm sorry, Canfield Property Preservations, Geo Construction, welcome to the team this year, Dennis Craft Construction, uh, DMD Motorsports Development, Trey Dubel, he does a, an, an amazing job as to, you know, getting my car to, to turn it, or to, to Oregonal Speedway, so, like I said, it's not an easy thing, he's, a, he's, we call him the wizard for a reason. Uh, Heaney's garage, um, as I said, you know, it's a family thing, you know, I, Bill and Carrie Heaney, not only do, we, do I race against them weekly, but you know, they're also provide, you know, provide me with the horsepower and no matter what, they're going to make sure I, I have what it takes on the hood to get it going. Uh, I'd like to get a little shout out to Jack Oakley videos, you know, what he, and also I guess in the same aspect of that as Thomas Thompson, what they do for us as racers is you know, amazing for, you know, sparing videos and pictures. Um, it's just great support what they do for us. Um, I guess lastly, you know, all the fans that do come out, the entire staff and crew at, at Oregon Oil Speedway, Springport and Michigan Speedway, also Lasso Speedway. Um, what they do is, you know, behind the scenes is amazing. And like I said, if, you know, everybody that I did list, I did miss anybody, I apologize, but, you know, we, we need to support those businesses that support us. You know, without them, we, we can't do what we do. So, you know, people need to get out there and support those businesses and, and let them know that they've seen, seen their name on the side of a race car. And, you know, that means a lot to the businesses. So, Well, in closing, uh, Jason, I have to ask you this because you kind of hinted at it at, at the earlier part of the interview. How much longer do you think you're going to be doing this? Uh, you you kind of said that you thought you were toward the end of your career as a, as a race car driver. Do you have a plan mapped out yet, or are you just going to keep going until it's not fun anymore? I, I don't have a plan. Uh, I don't think it's ever not going to be fun. But it, I do this because of you know for my I guess for my dad. Um, I, I really should have thought thanked him first. You know, without my without my dad, um, you know that, that's that's what we're going to do. This. That's his. It's his love, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so as long as he's willing to to do this, I mean, he he probably does. Except with me working in odd shift, he probably does the majority of the maintenance and the running around and and all the stuff it takes to you know to get the cars to the track on a weekly basis. Um, so I, I guess I don't really have a plan. Um, as long as we're I guess as long as we're still competitive and it's there's a place to race, but we'll probably still be there. Well, Jason, I appreciate you making some time to chat with us tonight, man. Congratulations on two straight to start the season. And, man, we're looking forward to seeing you at a racetrack very soon. All right. Thank you for having me, guys. Man, what a great show as we uh, get ready to wind things down. Don't go anywhere uh, because we have an upcoming calendar now that is just absolutely out of control, Rich France. And we'd be here all night if we tried to hit all of them, but 
we have some highlights lined up, and, and what a great weekend of racing it looks like it's going to be. Yeah, we'll kick things off this weekend, Zach, on Friday uh, and Saturday, actually, May 7th and 8th, Friday and Saturday, Sprint Wars at I-96 Speedway, the Lucas Oil ASCS National Tour versus the Great Lakes Super Sprints, and the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series versus the Great Lakes Traditional Sprints. That's all going to happen down at uh, I-96 Speedway on Friday and Saturday night. And then, of course, don't forget, also Friday and Saturday night, if you want to take a little road trip, really not a bad uh, little trip over to LaSalle Speedway. Nice racetrack, too. The Thaw Brawl with the Mars Racing Series kicks off Friday and Saturday. Racing begins at 7.15 each night. We're talking about twin features for late models on Friday. We're talking $12,000 to win on Saturday. This is going to be a really good show over at LaSalle if you're looking for a little weekend road trip. And then, Rich, there's stuff going on to our south this weekend as well. Yeah, Zach, Attica Raceway Park, if you like UMP late models, $3,000 to win at Attica Raceway Park this weekend, racing Friday at 745, 305 sprints and dirt trucks also in action. And Zach, also, uh, Tri-City Motor Speedway, uh, IMCA Mods, IMCA Mods, $1,000 to win, factory stocks, $1,500 to win, specials for both of those. Uh, gates open at Tri-City at 4.30, racing at 7 o'clock on Friday. Kalamazoo Speedway back in action this weekend. They'll drop the uh, Outlaw cars, and they'll run the template late models, Outlaw front-wheel drives, Zoo stocks, and mini wedges. That program begins at 7.30. And then how about this at Winston? I, and I love these. Fan appreciation night. Look around in the car. Empty the dryer. Steal your brother's change. It's $5 general admission for Winston Speedway. You'll get a full show, including Dirt Car UMP, late models now. Remember, they made that change to the Hoosier Tires. So Dirt Car UMP, late models. Of course, their pro late model division. IMCA Modifieds, uh, really a full show there. Gates open at 5, and the program starts at 7.15 with mini wedges on the small Winston Speedway. And, Zach, we've got to move over to Saturday now. Uh Kind of a big race over at Berlin, a super late model special, 71 laps, $5,000 to win for the super late models. And this is the first of two Money in the Bank 150 qualifiers. The winner of this race, automatic starting spot in the Money in the Bank 150 coming up on June 9th. Also have Sportsman four cylinders. Gates will open at 2 p.m. at Berlin with racing beginning at 4 o'clock. Yeah, I just kind of saw the flyer for that today, and that looks like it could be a good show on Saturday at Berlin. So looking forward to that. Up north, Merritt Speedway, they'll have their weekly program featuring B-Mods for $1,000 to win. That factory stock special going to roll over to Merritt Speedway as well. $1,500 to win, and racing begins at 6.30. And then, Rich, as we mentioned, Flat Rock Speedway going to do it again this weekend. Yep, 2 o'clock uh, ticket, ticket office opens. We'll get started 4 o'clock for racing. We'll have you, like Zach said, at the movie theater of the bar before 8 o'clock. That's, that's we're lucky. sounds <laughs> like my kind of weekend, man. Yeah. And Galesburg will get back in action, Zach. Uh, template late models, street stocks, outlaw front-wheel drive, burr stocks. Uh, grandstands open at 3 on Saturday at Galesburg, racing at 645. And then Thunderbird Raceway in Muskegon, if you're looking for something over on that side of the state, they'll have their full show on Saturday with racing beginning at 630. And how about Auto City on the flip side of the state, just, uh, just a little bit north of you there, Rich. They'll get their circle track season started this weekend with the Mod Invasion, Modifieds, Pure Stocks, Trucks, and Figure 8s. Gates open at 330, and the green flag flies at 6 o'clock. And naturally... We haven't covered everything. So if you're like, what about my favorite racetrack? Check them out on Facebook. Log on to their website. As always, Rich, we don't care where you go. 
Just get your backside track side. What we've a massive show. It, we've only covered a dozen tracks tonight. My Zach. goodness. There's a lot of stuff going on this weekend, and, and we're so happy about it, too. So, as we said, just get back to the races. Support your local racetracks. Support the businesses that support your local racetrack. And uh, let's make sure that this industry continues to thrive as it is right now. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you there. I'll be in Nashville this weekend. Rich will be at I-96 on Friday and then back to Flat Rock on Saturday. And, uh, man, i got to shut my trap and wrap this thing up because this was a massive show. Our thanks to Jason. Our thanks to Max. Thanks to Tyler for joining us. Again, thanks to the guys Friday night that worked with me at Kalamazoo Speedway. Appreciated that for sure. For Scott Menlin, who pays the bills for Horsepower Happenings, for my co-host Rich France, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanking you so much for tuning in. And we'll talk next Monday night. Same time, same place. Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.